the biggest transformation that I had was no longer believing my mind as my truth. That's really what we're here to find is our blueprint, our way forward. Peace is the energy of transformation. Consciousness is always evolving and our present perception becomes our conscious reality. Is life happening for you or is it happening to you? A life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing your values. You are perfectly human and even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. If you seek truth and move in love, then your family. I invite you to have a seat at our table. You are listening to an authentic outlier, the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode, I don't even know what number this is. All I know is I've been I've been meeting some great people and I had quite a few episodes. But welcome to another episode of the Is That So Show, y'all. Thank y'all for checking me out, for coming on in. And we have a great one today. We have Sam, my man, Sam, and he's going to talk to us about how perfect we truly are. Sam, is a, is, he's a great, he's a great, great guest to have on this show because he, he knows what it is. And I wanted to speak to the pain that are, that's out there right now, but he truly knows what it is to, to experience suffering. And so today, Sam, he's going to talk to us about the experiences he's had physical and mental and and maybe spiritual as well as how he navigated through those things and my understanding is his message is is that you don't have anything wrong with you at all that you are perfect as you are so sam's gonna come on and, and explain that because i'm pretty sure some people would refute and dispute that vigorously but before i invite him on i just want to bring i just want to y'all know i like to you know say a, a quick word or two. Today, I guess for this episode, my word is diligence and persistence. I cannot, for any of y'all who, who, who's actually watched the steps I've been taking, you know, and I'm glad that y'all see me here and you know how far I've come even seeing me here, but know that this is just the beginning of it, you know. I'm glad that y'all are here because, again, there never would be a now if there were not a then, right? There has to be a past in order for there to be a now, right? And so people, they, you know, they make it, or some people make it to the mountaintop and then they scream down and say, hey, look at me. But I want my desires for people to see me face my challenges, see me stumble and see me get back up or see me not stumble and gracefully avoid whatever potential stumbling block there is. Because in this life, you'll understand that it's not about so much what you see as much as it is what relationship you decide to have with what it is that you perceive. Perception is reality. It's not about how mighty the forces on the outside are. It's about how great the force on the inside is. And this is what I continue to channel. So I say this not from the mountaintop, but I'm, I'm from the trenches too. I'm still climbing up, you know, <laughs> still climbing up. And despite whatever roadblocks come, no matter how many hits I've been hit with. Look, I even tell y'all, I even been scammed on my way just to this point. I've already been scammed, y'all. Picture that. I've already been scammed. So trust me, there's a lot of roadblocks that you can hit on this uh, on this route. No matter what journey you're on, there's going to be these these uh, these challenges that you're going to have to overcome. But again, the race 
you don't win the, win the race by trying to complete it as fast as possible. The race is not about, you know, how swift you are. It's about how much heart do you have? How badly do you want it? Can you see it? Can you experience it? Can you believe that something is possible outside of what you originally thought was possible for you in your life? This is a space I have to constantly move into because if I look at my my physical surroundings, I would say that I have very limited choices and I won't be going too far. But this is where the concept of faith comes in and understanding that I am actively creating the environment around me. And so faith is not belief in what you do see, but acceptance of the unseen. So I accept the fact that though I may see dead ends, that even these dead ends are not as strong as my might. That sometimes where you don't see a door, all you see is a wall, you have to decide that I want this so badly, I will walk through the goddamn wall and make my own door. And so I say that with all heart, all heart. I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, but I can tell you what choice I made today. And today I choose me. I choose to operate authentically. So that's my intro, y'all. So look, I, I, I decided this, uh, this episode, I'm not going to prepare any questions. Y'all not going to see, you know, I wish I, I would even remove my name from the bottom because I don't even want y'all to, I'm going to let my guest announce himself, his title, because I want this to be a very free flow and authentic conversation. So normally I get prepared with all, you know, with questions I want to ask and, and whatnot, but I want us to just connect authentically because I believe that's the reason why he's here to begin with. And so there's no plan needed right here. All we need to do is just be ourselves. So without further ado, I'd like to bring on my man, Sam. The Miracle Man. Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> Sam, the Miracle Man. Hold on, hold on a second, Sam. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, what Harry. Up, Sam? That's, that's all good, but that's that's really important to play that music. Everyone should play that for themselves when they wake up, is mm. to celebrate themselves. Hey, mm. I'm alive. There's another mm. day here, new possibilities. Let's celebrate us. Come on, come on, come on, Sam. Come on, tell them, tell them, Sam. Tell the people, yeah. come on. Yeah, we really have to celebrate us. And that's the thing. Usually we wake yeah. up and say, oh, it's going to be a terrible day. I got all these things to do. And the mind just starts going right away. And the way you start your day, it really creates the day. So if you're starting the day in celebration, it's only going to be all good from there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Sam, of course, Sam the Miracle Man. Matter of fact, I'm at least put that up there. Sam the, Amer- the Sam the Miracle Man. All right. So tell me, sir, Sam, the Miracle Man. Tell me, sir, how did you get that last name? You know, the Miracle Man. Can you can you can you you know introduce yourself to the people? Let them know you know who you are and how you got that name, if you don't mind. Yeah, so I can tell you how I got that name. It's after I healed myself. I wrote my first book. A reviewer on Amazon called me the Miracle Man. And it just sort of stuck. Wow. Wait. So, like, do you have because uh, I'm, I'm going to put a solo on you. I want you to I want you to talk just a little bit about yourself to introduce yourself to the people. I believe that you deserve the full screen when you're doing so. So is it OK if I put solo on you for a moment and let you just just, you know, let the people know how you you know came about and what you what you're passionate about? And then we get into our dialogue. Yeah, that's fine. I can awesome. share my story awesome. real quick. 
All right, so welcome. I'm Sam. I'm not Sam Shelley. They call me the Miracle Man, but for my whole life, it was mostly pain and suffering. I was hit by a van when I was six years old that nearly killed me, head, head trauma, broken elbow, hip. I was in the hospital for nearly a year, and that created all sorts of issues throughout my life. So, you know, I was going through high school as an undiagnosed bipolar, so I had lots of issues, but there was no help coming for me, per se. You know, there was really no child psychiatry when I was growing up, so it was very difficult. Like, I was an undiagnosed bipolar in high school, and that was a real adventure. One time I was acting up, and they sent me to the principal's office. He simply asked if I was on drugs. I said no, and he sent me back to to the class. That was pretty much my life that I was dealing with all these mental demons, if you would. And my life was just getting worse and worse, always filled with all this criticism, this hate, this judgment. And that really created a poisonous inner environment. So when I was in my 20s, I was diagnosed as a bipolar because I was very suicidal. So I try to kill myself twice in my 20s, but I was always filled with this really overwhelmed, stressed out, full of self-hate, self-criticism, judgment. So that really created a, the perfect environment for autoimmune diseases. So besides the bipolar, later I was diagnosed with psoriasis, which is an autoimmune disease, a itchy skin disease. And when that disease gets into your joints, it's psoriatic arthritis. So I also had chronic migraines. And I was always waking up like, what else is going to go wrong? So eventually things did go wrong. At the age of 37, I lost the ability to walk from multiple sclerosis. I had the worst migraine of my life. And then three days later, it was in the hospital because I could not walk, nor could I see. I was a complete mess. And that just really took the bipolar to a different realm. But what could I do? You know, I was stuck in a hospital bed for a month. So, you know, I was living with this multiple sclerosis and everything else for seven years. I was like, like so overwhelmed, so stressed out. And then one day I simply read about meditation. And one of the benefits of meditation was inner peace. I'm like, I need that. I was never focused on healing. I think it's a really important thing is not focusing on like healing because that creates a lot of blocks, a lot of issues. So I simply focused on peace becoming at peace with who I am. So then I quickly discovered in my little meditation practice, if you want to call it that, I never had a teacher. I simply sat there, uh, but I sat there with like, stop thinking, stop thinking, because I thought meditation means you stop thinking. Then I realized, wait a second, I have thoughts, but I'm not my thoughts. If I'm not my thoughts, who am I? So I sat with that for for a few months. So I was only practicing five minutes a day, then five minutes twice a day, then eventually 10 minutes twice a day. So that was my practice of just sitting there, mind thinking, where are my feet? Mind thinking, where are my feet? Just keep myself here in this present moment that it was very, very simple. I had a very simple practice. So three months of this little simple practice, I finally got my answer. I was just sitting there one evening after my little relaxation process, process, I guess you'd call it. I wouldn't say it like meditation. To me, that meditation has all these stories that you're sitting up straight, you're closing your eyes, you're holding your hands a certain way, you're breathing a certain way. And this doesn't, you know, this really becomes a roadblock. So I simply had a relaxation process. So after my evening process, I simply heard a voice say perfect spirit. 
Although it was an inner voice, an outer voice, I don't really know. All I know for certain is when I heard the voice say perfect spirit, I just felt like, ah, it's all over. I simply knew that was me. I am perfect spirit. Everyone listening, watching is perfect spirit in this human body. And I just had a deep, deep knowing after that evening that it was all over, that it was all over. My diseases were like history, but I just followed my my own intuition. At that point, I was taking 13 daily medications, an injectable, needed a cane with MS. The heat relief bothered me, so I had a cooling vest. And then 16 months later, no medicine, no doctors, no nothing. Okay. All right. All right. So, I, you know, I let you flow for a little while and I had to jump on in here. So I'm, there was a lot that was said there, Sam. Yes, there's there was, a lot. There was a lot that was said there, Sam, the miracle man. So how did this miracle occur again? What, what, what is this? You said meditation don't work. You relax yourself. What happened? Tell me, how did the miracle happen? Did did Jesus come out? You saw him walk on water. He said, come on out. You started walking on water, too. And then you were good. No, what I what I did was, well, I, I read about meditation. Meditation brings inner peace. But mm-hmm. you told the bipolar OCD me there's rules to meditation. I've been so focused on the rules. I would never gotten out of the mind. I'll always mm-hmm. be wondering, like, am I doing this properly? Mm-hmm. So I simply my practice was mind thinking. Where are my feet? Mind thinking, come back to my feet, really learning mm-hmm. to keep myself in the present moment. And that's mm-hmm. what I was that's what I was doing. So, so, so wait, I, so okay, keeping yourself in the present moment. So that sounds all, you know, that sounds all fine and dandy, but how does one keep themselves in the present moment? Well, it's like a simple fact right now. Are you aware that you're sitting? Are you aware that you're listening? Most people are not aware that they're they're even sitting. Like, what does a chair feel like? Where are your feet? That's all about being in the present moment. So are you saying, you know, in the way that we were told when we were young, mind your manners, as in be aware of your manners. Are you saying that mindfulness consists of being consciously aware of where you are at any specific time and space? That's what it sounds like you're saying to me. Yeah, that's that's mindfulness practice of doing your best to stay here in this moment, because the mind's always a time traveler trying to drag the past into the present or trying to future guess. Come on, future guess. Drag. Wait, wait, drag. The, how does the mind drag the past into the present? You know, I got to play devil's advocate. You know, I'm a yeah. therapist out here, but, you know, I still want to play devil's advocate. So how does the mind drag the past into the present? Help me out here. Well, it's a simple things like when I was hit by the van at age six years old, that's like PTSD where the mind keeps dragging that incident into the memory and it really feels like it's alive in this moment. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I, so you were hit again. I see you said so many different things that occurred to you, man. I, I just, you know, I at one point I was about to ask you if you were as far as gone. I don't I don't even know anyone. But so you were hit. How big of an injury was this? Uh, well, I was in the hospital for nearly a year with head trauma, broken elbow, wow. broken hip. I was really messed up. Wow. Wow. For a year. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Okay. And so that recovery consisted of, I mean, normal, you know, rehabilitative care in the hospital, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah about six months in rehab. Yeah. Okay. And so, but this, you didn't have the miracle at this age. At what age did you have the miracle? Well, it was age th- it was when I was, what was I, like 42 years old? Like that, I was being sick for like 37 years after being hit, being hit by that van. So I was sick for like 36, 37 years. 
tell me, so sick for, for almost four decades, all right, three years short of four decades, you were sick. Tell us what you were sick with. Well, from the, uh, the head trauma created, you know, bipolar, it, it created some kind of damage. So it is an undiagnosed bipolar going up through high school, which created all sorts of issues. And I was really filled with a lot of self-hate, a lot of criticism, a lot of self-judgment, like a lot of people do, but I took it into a different realm and I was very suicidal in my in my 20s, got very depressed, suicidal. So I was all over the place from up, you know, really manic and feeling godlike to like really in the gutter, depressed. I was like all over the place. And it yeah. took like five years to get my medicine correct at that point. What do you mean five years to get your medicine correct? What is that? You were like sampling different doses? So I actually had a really like a world renowned, renowned doctor in Philadelphia to the point where I wasn't like manic and depressed, like switching all over the place constantly where my moods were fairly stable. It took about five years to get my moods stabilized, I guess you could say, I guess the best way to describe it. Wait, so this was with one provider or you bounced around until you find, found a provider that assisted you with that? Well, no, it was like the, the fir- first initial, I bounced around a few providers because we were doing, I, diagnosing with, with depression only and they were giving me this medicine that made me manic. So it was like, then I was going to the support group and they're like, you have to see this doctor in Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. I saw him and like the, my first appointment with him was like two hours no doctor, spent, no doctor spent that kind of time with me. He spent like two hours trying to figure me out. Come on, come on. Wait, wait. I, I, I have to go ahead on giving applause right there and I got to pay some homage. I got to pay some respect because my doctor, the first doctor that that really showed me that he that that there was a doctor out there, not just any doctor, but he was also a white male doctor. And that's relevant in, in this day and age. But he was the first doctor that showed me that he actually cared. He took me back before even the cashiers were out there. And he was with me for at least an hour and a half to two hours. So, again, I just had to bring that up right quick and throw that out there. Hey, Dr. Brent, yo, I'm hoping I'm hoping that you're surfing. I'm hoping that you're having mad fun right now out there uh, in your retirement. Thank you. You've been a blessing to my life. Thank you so much, sir. But please continue. Tell me about this doctor that you met. So you spent two hours. You never had this experience before. And and then what happened? What proceeded beyond that? Well, well, after that, he he did some testing. He wanted to make sure there was nothing physical going on. So he did like the, uh, I think he did like an MRI, which was like really unusual at that time and age. Like his hospital actually had an MRI machine. So he wanted to do that. He did some blood work and did some other testing and just wanted to make sure there was, he just wanted to rule out other possibilities before he came back with a bipolar diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then proceed. So how did the healing occur? Let's, let's, let's talk about that healing. How did the healing actually happen? Well, with, with the bipolar, first he was, he was just trying to get me on, on trying to get me stabilized. So, you know, during, during my time with him, I got suicidal, you know, twice. And so I was at the, the hospital ER a few times. So, uh, and that's where we were saying it took five years for him to really get to the place where I wasn't so manic and so depressed to somewhat stabilize, but it took him, you know, five years to figure out the right medicine combination for me. And this yeah. is where he was actually the top bipolar doctor in Philadelphia at the time. Come on. Okay. So the top dog. All right. And then, then how the story, how do, I, I'm, I'm curious now, the suspense is terrible. Please tell, tell us more. Yeah. So that was, that was my experience with, with that, but it, 
but still, you know, that I was still dealing with a lot of self-criticism, self-hate and all this stuff. But that's where I was getting like the autoimmune diseases, psoriasis or like arthritis, really chronic migraines. Was He sent me to see a migraine specialist at the hospital. So I had mm. a top migraine doctor. So I was getting like one or two a week. I was thinking three or four migraines a week that were debilitating. It was really, oh. really bad. Oh. So I had a really good doctor for that as well. But during this, you know, it was always like, more medicine related than actually dealing with this. So when I was seeing him for a long time and I was dealing with all this criticism, judgment, all this stuff, he never said to me, you know, like, do you realize that your thoughts aren't the truth? Mm. You know, going on to that kind of avenue. And he never like suggested like meditation or yoga or some kind of alternative therapy. It was always like, here's the medicine. Here's the medicine. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my thing, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's that was my journey. It was like overly medicine based, as opposed to dealing with the mental, the the thought process part of it. So, so, um, yeah, so then that leads me to my next question. Then, because again, I know you're still talking about the miracle that occurred, but I believe that this question I have for you is germane to that journey. So, what is head trash anonymous, sir? Oh, head trash is is our noise, is our mental garbage. So I really help people get out of the mental garbage because, you know, this is my reality from, you know, I was diagnosed bipolar, I think, 91, 92. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I've seen this psychiatrist for like 18, 20 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he never once addressed the head trash. It was always mm-hmm. like medicine and you know, so I was dealing with, with that, and um, but I was completely overwhelmed, stressed out. Even though I was just still taking all this medicine, still had really high levels of stress. Just yeah. wasn't, you know, in the place where I wanted to kill myself. It was just um, just different. And that's why I want people to see that we have all this mental noise, all yeah. this junk, and it's just garbage, and we need to throw it out. And the way we throw it out is by being here in this moment. If we're not here in this moment, we're thinking about the day, we're dwelling on these thoughts. We just need to do our best to keep ourselves here, which will take away that power from them. Sam, are you saying the past is history? The future is a mystery and today is a gift, which is why it's called the present. It's all about what you want to do with your gift today. Is that what you're saying to us? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I thought I heard. That's what I thought I heard. So tell us more about this gift being the present. So is this the miracle that you're referring to? Well, the miracle was when I heard the voice say perfect spirit, like my mind got suddenly quiet and no longer had power over me. Then it was just like this intuitive voice came online, you could say. And I was just following my own wisdom, my own marching to my own drummer that I need to do this. I need to do that. And I was just following my own path. I never had a spiritual teacher. Since I, since I had that perfect spirit, it was like, that was it. And the mind got quiet. Then I'd say this is, our spirit is like the lighthouse leading us to safety. So it would always be like, like one day I just had the insight that to, to do yoga. So I just signed up for yoga. And when I joined yoga, my balance was horrible. I would be very tipsy in the beginning. After six months, after six months, I didn't need my cane anymore. You know, it was from like, yoga. Yeah, from yoga. Come on, man. Come on, man. 
Okay, so you didn't need your cane. So the diagnosis, you were diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Anything else you were diagnosed with? Diagnosed with bipolar, chronic migraines, psoriasis. It was one about a third of my body psoriasis. I had psoriasis into my joints, which was psoriatic arthritis. And then mm-hmm. age 37 was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Wow. And so now, Miracle Man, are you saying that now you don't have any of those diagnoses? No, I don't. My doctors Sir, can't explain me. Doctors can't. So you've had the test done. Like this isn't this isn't you just saying, okay, yeah, no, I don't have any more of these. You've had the test done. Like, how do you know you don't have any more of these? How did that how did that occur? Well, initially it was a little skeptical. Now I've been off medicine and everything for 10 years. Now it's been this is my 10th year with no medicine, no nothing. Hold on now. Sam the miracle man, we're gonna celebrate that. We're gonna celebrate that. Ten yeah, years, a, sir. Ten years, no medicine, no nothing. Yeah. Come on, man. Come so on. It's been, it's been ten years. Yeah, this is the, my tenth anniversary. So, but the thing is that I congratulations, brother. But, but but so I was really I was really cutting back my doctors. I decided to keep my last neurologist appointment, and mm-hmm. so I saw him. You know, had the latest testing done, and my last appointment, he questioned me for forty five minutes trying to quantify what I did. He's like, your scans are clean. Your blood work is better than mine. I'm doing a physical examination of you. Only thing I see is that everyone has as a nonspecific hand tremor. Then he proceeded to question me for 45 minutes trying to understand what I did. Okay. And then the conclusion was? Only thing he concluded was MS, you know, remission. And he just called it MS remission or I forget what the... Um, but something like that. But I was actually from my MS, people that know multiple sclerosis, I was going from relapsing, remitting to secondary progressive. Whoa. And okay. there's nothing now. Wait, 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 wait. What were you going from? From relapsing, remitting, mm-hmm. which means you get flare ups once in a while to like secondary progressive when you're in a little slow decline. And it stopped. Wow. Okay, I'm glad you're explaining that because I didn't know, I didn't know exactly what you were saying. But then, then when you said it, it sounded so fantastic. I just said, "Wow!" But then I knew I needed an explanation attached to that. So thank you for explaining that, and it definitely deserved a wow, wow, wow. Okay, okay, wow. Okay, let me bring it back because I, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around all of that, man. And so the the exercises that you did. I mean, how do you explain this revolution that you this this evolution that you've transformation rather that you've had? The biggest transformation that I had was no longer believing my mind as my truth. Hold up. Okay, now we're talking about truth. Okay, go on. Before, because it was all this mental garbage that life isn't worth living, that you aren't deserving of this, all that criticism, that judgment. It no longer had power over me. I stopped believing that. And this brings me to a point like my doctors couldn't explain me. But I don't know if you knew Dr. Gabor Mate. Mm-hmm. I, I saw don't know, him. But he sounds like fancy. Go ahead. But yeah, he goes around and he's, he's really a, a famous doctor that goes around talking about people don't identify the mind-body connection. He's a former uh, family doctor that talks about a study that most doctors ignore. They found like asthmatic kids are directly correlated to the stress of the parents. They never address the parents' issues. They just address the kids. Wow. So they did a study of 10,000 kids that are asthmatic. And he talks about this study that everyone ignores that the stress of the parents 
directly correlates to the asthma in the kids. But anyhow, I saw him Ooh. in a car. No, ain't no anyhow. Let's just stop for a second. Let me add something to that, brethren. So I am, again, I, you know, on my show, I want to play, you know, I want to play the role of not knowing, you know, and, and really I don't know much, but, you know, I'm, I'm also a heart-centered hypnotherapist, among other things. And so one of the, I was just reading my, my treatment manual just yesterday, last night, and it said that asthma oftentimes represent, again, these psychosomatic symptoms, the body keeps a score of our stressors and our traumas. The asthma being correlated with living in a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. That's right, th- right there. I'm re- I, right there yeah. in my hypnotherapy manual. Yep. Asthma. When you when you do the work, when you go down, when you do the shadow work and go down deep, you see a correlation between this psychosomatic symptom of asthma and them growing up in a toxic environment. So when you bring the fact that you just brought, all I did was, you know, further cement what was the research that I'm already looking at about it, you know? Right. So, yeah. So, so please, please, please go on. Yes. So, Dr. Mate, that's initially how I got out there talking about this, this stuff. But I was talking to him at a conference. I told him what happened to me and he was asking me some questions. Then he just stopped and he just looked at me and said, oh, you stopped believing your mind. He was the only doctor that got it, that I stopped believing my mind. And he, he said it after asking me a few questions to see, you know, that I had the multiple sclerosis, the bipolar. So he was just asking me a few questions about that. Then he just paused and he says, oh, you stopped believing your mind. Come on. Okay. Okay. And so go on. How do, how do, what do you mean you stop believing your mind? I mean, our mind is, for, for a lot of people, all we have is our mind. You know, that's all they know. Right. So what do you mean by stop believing your mind? Well, like I said, I don't give the head trash any power over me anymore. The noise that's creating the stress, the overwhelm, the anxiety, the worry, all that Mm -hmm. stuff is just mental noise. But we're so focused on it. We only know ourselves as our thoughts. Like I only knew myself that I'm bipolar. I have this. I have this. I was completely identified with my labels, my ailments, and I was giving them power. And when I was when I just stopped that, you know, when I heard the voice say perfect spirit, it was just like, it's not our truth. And everyone here mm. that's listening is perfect spirit. That is the real us. So we need to celebrate the real us, that we are all perfect spirit doing our best, despite what this mind's telling us. <sighs> okay. 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 So are you saying that this perfect, again, we, I want to stay on this, this spirit telling you you're, you're perfect spirit. Okay. I want I want to stay on this right here. So in that, that was not your truth, that 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 stopped listening to the head noise that identified with these ailments, that this is not your truth. So basically, it sounds like what you're saying is that these this ghost told you that you were not living in your truth. Right. I wasn't right. Exactly. I wasn't okay. living my truth. OK. And so in that case, you were living a lie. And so if you were living in a lie. But you believed it to be true then that means that it was false evidence appearing real, Mm -hmm. which then represents fear. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so you see... You see what I'm saying? You know, that's literally the acronym that I throw out there for fear. And it's been used all over the place. You know, so I don't have no monopoly on that. But false evidence appearing real is fear. You know, danger is reality, but fear is a choice. And so this spirit allowed you, freed you that truth. It said, this is not your truth. And so because you identified that this was not your truth, you were able to move towards and start moving your awareness in that truth. Mm-hmm. And then right. that's when the magic happened. Right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Talk to me, Sam. 
Yeah, you tell us. I mean, I, I don't want to tell you the story. You tell us. Yeah, it's really that simple. The mind ones make it really complex, really difficult, but it's really yeah. not. It's just about tuning into who we truly are. And for me, that was hearing the words perfect spirit. It could be soul, consciousness, whatever resonates with you. When you see that you are that greater essence within you and not this mental story, this illusion, this fantasy world the mind creates that this is the worst thing ever just the simple fact that hey we're alive we're here to have the human experience we're oh, here yeah. to yeah we're here just simply to have the human experience that after i heard a perfect spirit i just had a sense that all is well is deep deep knowing that all is well that despite what the mind is saying all is well you're alive to have this experience what can you learn and grow from this experience ultimately we're here to learn to grow or we don't have, we get caught up in these human experiences that they're the worst thing ever and they're really not they're here to to help us to grow and this is this was the challenge you know for my publisher my first book She's saying bipolar people are going to read this and blame themselves for bipolar and try to be suicidal. So we got to figure out how to how to word this, because I was saying because I basically was saying in the book initially, like I created my bipolar. I'm responsible for my reality. Mm. And you and for people that aren't really in a bad place, it, it might not be the best approach to uh, say, hey, you created this. There has to be a, you know, a softer way mm. to do that. Well, the soft. What did did you find a softer way? I'm trying to remember. I don't know if I. I forget how we reworded in the book, so they wouldn't be. Wouldn't how they reworded in the book, so they wouldn't say. But basically, we're responsible for our own reality. I forget how it was reworded in the first well, book. I don't remember. Here's the thing. There's the hand that you are dealt with, and then there's how you mm-hmm. deal. You know, right. and so. I believe that what you're saying is that, yeah, the physical, you know, the physical is a manifestation of spiritual laws to begin with. And so when we look at, you know, this, this, the, the things that we believe to be real, we were told that we were inherited a story and we believe that that story was true. It's not our fault that someone told us a story that wasn't accurate because they believed it was true too. And so mm-hmm. we believe the same story that we were powerless in our own narrative, that we are just got to play the hand that we dealt, you know, the best way can the best way we can. Right. But when you decide that, OK, I can switch the whole script and not even acknowledge that this is my truth, that this space over here is my truth, because wherever attention goes, energy flows. And so now that you've stopped looking at your fears, now you're sending your attention and your energy towards your truth and then you build up that reality and so everything that we know in existence is made up of energy and so the more energy you put into the thing the more real it becomes to you whatever Mm -hmm. you stare at becomes your reality we don't see things as they are but as we are perception is reality right Mm -hmm. i think that's what you're saying sam yeah absolutely yeah that we we do create this reality so it's and that's why i tell people you know people that want to heal i say don't focus on healing because focus on healing implies there is something wrong with you, and it usually magnifies it, usually makes it worse. So most people focused on healing don't heal. And I was never focused on healing. I was focused mm-hmm. on inner peace. So we're just consumed by head trash, and we can just throw that head trash out today. We say, I'm not believing this story anymore. It's it's not me. It doesn't serve me. It needs to be just thrown away the best we can by being here in this moment. It's really simple. You know, people think it's spirituality is really these complex routines and rituals it's really not it's really about 
how it's really practice of staying present, of staying mindful, of where being aware that you're sitting, that you're eating, you know, just being aware of this fact and not not consuming our thoughts constantly as our as our truth. And it's just an illusion that we're this story, our labels, whatever you want to call it, you're not that. You're here. I think everybody should just celebrate, play that little clip there and just celebrate us when we wake up first thing in the morning. It's like, yes, thank you. Another day in this human body. It's all good from here. Mm. Whatever else happens, I woke up. It's just a bonus. Whatever happens after I wake up. Come on, Sam. Gratitude is the highest state of receivership. You know, to wake up in that state of appreciation. You know, in my darkest, in my darkest nights, you know, when the nocturnal therapist, when the nocturnal therapist has his darkest nights, in my darkest nights, that's what I do. I practice gratitude, you know, appreciation, Mm -hmm. you know, because again, whatever we stare at becomes our reality. And if I stare at my wants or what want really represents, which is a lack, and of course, we're going to be unhappy over having, not having something that we determine to need, you know, if we don't have that. So if I continue to stare at my lack, then yes, I will feel, you know, pretty, pretty low, low frequency, you know. But when I know also there are amazing things that are occurring and that I also am constantly creating my environment, you know, when I tune into my power, you know, as as a a, a mini creator, you know, when I tune into that power, now I'm I'm feeling empowered and now I'm thinking about what's possible. Now I'm seeing life not more or less as the the deck has been drawn and has been dealt out but instead now i'm beginning to see life as an em- empty canvas mm-hmm. it's about what i want to paint you know right it's about exactly. what colors i want to use you know you have to see that everything is possible the only thing yeah. stopping it from becoming possible is once again the mind with its false limitations mm-hmm. if you can't do something today maybe you're not skilled or practiced in that area you know everyone was born a baby and they developed their skills over the years you know, we're all born the same way. We just build practicing, building skills. So if you can't do something today to your satisfaction is do more practice, build your skills. Is that so? Sam, the miracle man. Look, it sounds like, again, brother, I believe and I think you said it with clarity, you know, and I just want to back you up and say that typically how I say that is that whatever you do as a practice, whatever you practice, you become. You know, and so, yeah, it's skill. A life of authenticity is a life of skillfully choosing and developing a practice of living through your values. You know, it's all about values, how closely aligned you are with your values. That alignment is it determines your level of authenticity in that space. And the more authentic you are in that space, the more the more you're living in your truth. And therefore, you're allowing your light to shine. Ergo, you are being lit. And that's why my motto is to stay lit, stay living in truth, stay living in my truth, because that's the only way to truly live and experience life through our truth. Right, Sam? Right. Yeah, we each are individual truth. You know, what worked for me won't work exactly for someone else because we each live in different bodies. We each have different experiences. We each have our own different truth, if you will, our own different way of being. And that's really what we're here to find is our blueprint, our way forward and not trying to mimic, copy someone else, say, okay, that worked for him. What's going to work for me? And but there's too much copying, you know, just realizing this is your path. It's unique to you. Find your way by going within. The light will lead you while the mind's trying to throw you into ditches and everything else. This light is always there. But the only thing is the mind goes impatient because the light only shows you the next step. It doesn't show you the whole plan. It just says, here's the next step. The mind wants to know all these plans, all these details. And it's like, Spirit's saying, just take this step. Take this step. If, If you knew it, it wouldn't be exciting. Right. Who watches 
games after they've been played. You know, that's where the excitement is at. You and actually experiencing it. And like you said, you know, we are born or, you know, my version of what you said, we're born tabula rasa, which means empty slate, you know. And so we've come here on purpose for a purpose with a purpose. And as we move our purpose, part of the larger part of that purpose is discover the who am I. In that who am I, you discover who what your truth is. And then you, your your task, your goal, your 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 obligation, your calling is to begin to move in that truth. The more truth, the more access to your truth you get, the more you operate in that truth. And then then you begin to see these things begin to manifest rapidly into your life, you know, and still hold steadfast because it's not, you know, it's not always sunny. You know, again, that's why I don't even shoot for happiness. Everybody's shooting for happiness, but they underestimate peace. You know, like peace is so sweet. Peace could be with you no matter what what's going on in your life. Happiness, it takes a few things to be in place for you to experience happiness. You know, excitement, same thing. But peace, you can experience a peace that don't that 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 your logical mind just can't comprehend. Right. You know, and it's in that space, I believe, that you're talking about that healing occurs. Right. That's what I'm saying. Peace is the energy of transformation. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done, man. I'm done. Look, Sam, real quick, before we get off, I just wanted, is there anything you want to talk to the people about? Do you want to just, you know, let the people know where they can find you at real quick? I'm going to pull myself out of the screen and let you just have it for, you know, let you say what you need to say. Okay. All right. All right. So yeah, basically you can find me at Head Trash Anonymous. That's my website. You can find me on Head Trash Anonymous on Facebook. And I have a private group on Facebook, Head Trash Anonymous Global Chapter. Within there, you're going to copy of my first book for free as a PDF. So you can just read it. Every two weeks, I do healing circles or just circles because healing implies lots of things to do. It's actually an inner peace circle. So I do them every two weeks and you can find that my Head Trash Anonymous. And I do a lot of videos on YouTube as Sam the Miracle Man. And even if you're on TikTok, I'm there as well doing daily videos as Sam the Miracle Man. Like I'm always around just to remind people that you are peace itself, that you are greater than the mind's limitations. You're not your head trash. You're not your stories. Let's throw that stuff out and just be you. That's all it requires is just be you, the real you, not this illusion, not this story of yourself, but just be you. And you can find me around that I'm here to help you find ways for you to stay present to this moment. And it's very simple, very simple to stay present. My practice was simply five minutes a day is how I began. I simply began my transformation with five minutes a day. Mind thinking, where are my feet? Mind thinking, where are my feet? Mind thinking, where are my feet? And with the realize, every time you bring yourself back into this moment, you put a gap into the thought stream. The more gaps in the thought stream, the more inner peace. I'm done. Hey, stick a fork in it, y'all. It's over with. Kaput. Sam the Miracle Man, he didn't laid it down. So, Sam, I just want to thank you again for coming and, and, and blessing the stage. Thank you for being a part of the stage, brother. Thank you for sharing, being authentic in this space and sharing your story. And thank you for being lit up for life. Thank you for, for telling us the key to true transformation is to experience that peace that only comes from living in your truth, brother. And so I don't need to tell you to stay lit because I know that you're going to continue to do so, man. But I will definitely stay in touch and, and, and maybe we may do something else in the future. I'm sure we're going to cross paths. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Great talking to you, Harry. All right, y'all. Y'all, y'all heard it from Sam, the miracle man himself, talking about peace, again, harmony, understanding that you are not your story, that you are not your thoughts, that you are not your mind, 
but you are this beautiful awareness unfolding into consciousness. I just want to thank y'all for listening to this episode of Is That So? I know that y'all enjoyed it because I definitely enjoyed having Sam the Miracle Man on. Continue to follow us at becomingoutlier.com. Look up that the podcast is there. I have a wellness blog there. We have freebie on clarity on, on the website. And be looking for me on Clubhouse. I also do shadow work, which I'm about to release a shadow work mini course. A lot of people are asking about how to do shadow work. And I want to present my my version of how to do that introspective work so you can go inside and begin to discover how to develop that peace from within. I know it sounds cryptic to, to a lot of people. It sounds like very vague, but it's not It's not when you actually begin to do it. You just have to experience the experience in order to experience it. Anyway, look, I'm out of here. Thank you again. Stay lit, y'all. Do you tell your time what to do or does your time tell you what to do? Are you living or are you merely existing? Are you constantly reacting or are you responding to life? Mixed beliefs create confusion, and confusion creates a life of stagnation. Desire change? Visit www.becomeanoutlier.com slash about. That is www.becomeanoutlier, becomeanoutlier.com slash about, A-B-O-U-T, to start your journey. Stay tuned for more episodes and keep listening to the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner.